Rated M for Mature. We want more. We want more. Like, we really like it. We want more. Stay tuned till the end of the episode for a special giveaway announcement that will be at the end of this episode on what I'm giving away, who I'm giving away with, and how you can win. Big thank you to this week's episode sponsor, Melanin Hemp Goddess, a one-stop hemp shop created for and by women of color. Owner Desiree was tired of seeing the same products and images at smoke shops over and over again, so she decided to do something about it and create products in an online head shop where women of color can feel comfortable and are represented on the products. The Melanin Hemp Goddess Shop includes items such as crystal pipes, gold goddess ashtrays, gold goddess blunt rings, rolling trays, ganja goddess CBD flower, pre-rolls, and more. Learn more and support this black woman-owned cannabis brand on www.melaninhempgoddess.com and Instagram at melaninhempgoddess. You can also use the discount code M-J-I-Y-A-N-A for 10% off any order, no minimum required. Hi everyone, welcome back to Wine, Wood, and Weave. I am your host, Ayana, aka the Marijuana Ayana. And if you're new here, welcome to the show. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. For those that don't know, this show was created to highlight the work and voices of Black and Brown women in the cannabis industry. And as always, everyone on the show is over 21 and lives in a state where they're legally allowed to consume cannabis, either medically or recreationally. So there's that. So usually I do my intros when my guest is on, but it's a little different this episode um, because we just jumped into the conversation. It was so good. But today my guest is actually been on the show before. She is one half slash a co-founder of Synergy Sesh, who they were on earlier this season. But of course, she does so much more. She's a human rights activist, a speaker who is at the intersection of cannabis, sustainability, and mental health. And she's a collaborator and co-developer and a CEO of her own company as well, Sister Rogers LLC. Through her work, she's been helping women and people of color understand how to strategize and plan to successfully enter and set up a business in the cannabis industry, as well as how to implement cannabis in their mental health practices and use it more mindfully. She's also been featured in Honeysuckle Magazine, Cash Color Cannabis, where I did an article about her. You can find that on their website and the Marijuana Times and so much more. This episode's guest is Shalice Rogers, and we'll be talking about cannabis, mental health, and spirituality. Okay, you know, today is the day. I woke up, I got my yerba mate, I was like, all right, we're going to have, um, have like at least half a can of this, and then be energized and yes. get through the day. I got some, what I have today, I had some chai tea and some turmeric cinnamon Ooh. moringa tea this morning. Yes, oh. and I'm having some, what is that, what am I smoking? Oh, some strawberry lecce. I've never had this strain before, but it tastes like a strawberry shortcake. Mixed 
It tastes <laughs> she was good, like, it's and I delicious. mixed it with some CBD flowers. So I have a nice little morning little mix here, a little one to one, a little tea. That's how I like to start my Fridays. I hope I can start. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the fact that you're mixing um you're mixing your cannabis because a lot of the times the THC content is, mm-hmm. tends to go up and then we have like barely any CBD content in in the marijuana that we're smoking these days. So um definitely mixing it helps. I feel like it, it gives you a more well rounded, full body. Oh yeah, for sure. Effect. I don't know until <laughs> actually smoking looking for today, might I ask? No, I'm not. I'm just having, uh, like I said, my yerba mate. I had, uh, there's this brand called Remedy Organics. um, And they're 100% plant-based. And they have this uh, mixture called Golden Mine. And it has almond milk and turmeric and ginger and prebiotics and powder. And I was like, exactly. I was like, that is all my body That's all you need sometimes. You're like, oh, this is, it's kind of like getting high a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a nice ginger mm-hmm. probiotic tea mix and you're inside they're just like oh my god I'm alive <laughs> I know well we're so gonna much. get into this combo of course and I'm super excited to have you back on thank you again for coming back on the podcast you've already been on of course with Synergy Sesh um, in the intro I explain all that mm-hmm. but I wanted to have you on today as you know to talk about cannabis and mental health something that you definitely have experience with and are expert in and have done a lot of work in. Um, When did you get involved in like the cannabis industry in general? And then why choose to focus on the intersection of cannabis and mental health? Sure. I started, um, (laughs) my introduction into the cannabis community space in New York was about five years ago. Um, I I knew someone who was like trying to find out more information about the space as well as having a family member who was ill and just wanting to seek alternative forms of treatment. Um, My dad is an herbalist, so cannabis or utilizing herbs as a form of medicine is not something foreign to me. I just didn't necessarily know that there was a whole robust community surrounding the plant and activism and all these other components of it here in New York. So my first event was actually a high and why event. Um, and then I started to like meet other advocates and it was really through listening to the conversations mm-hmm. that we being had, meeting new people where I started to realize like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a whole thing. Like this is a whole industry. There's something going on here. The conversation or my interest in cannabis and mental health really only came from my own mm-hmm. personal experience. And I think that's something that we discussed before. Like, I, I think that, um, Sometimes people, I feel like sometimes we can connect to experiences more because we have gone through them and that makes us relatable to other people who may be going through the same thing. But it's often through a touch point that affects us personally that allows us the entryway to getting or diving more into a particular topic or interest or um, profession even. Like somebody may not necessarily care about the... Um, the rights of disabled people unless they have someone in their life who is disabled or they themselves become disabled. So it's usually some type of personal effect that leads us 
down the road of, of seeking mm-hmm. more information about a particular topic or experience. Um, and that's essentially what cannabis and mental health was for me. It was looking at my own usage of the plant, which I didn't start consuming until like later in my undergraduate year. <laughs> like everybody else around me is like, from when I was younger, there there's always people smoking around me. I just never partook in it. I didn't necessarily feel the need to. I was kind of like, yeah, oh, I was right, like so a normal like, thing. You're doing that. Like, cool. oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily need to do this with you. And um, I remember one particular, I think it was towards the end of my sophomore or the beginning of my junior year of undergrad. And I was just going through the most. And one of my friends sat me down and he was like, <laughs> You need to here, just here. Hit this real quick. Take this. Take yeah. Yeah. He was like, You're wilding out right now. And by wilding out, he was like, You're just being hella. So stressed. Right That's now. a good Not... friend. That's a good friend. <laughs> no, it, it actually, okay. I, I do want to tell the Please story do. for the record of my first my first consumption experience. So um, my friend who uh, gave me cannabis, A, he mixed all of his leftovers like all of his roaches he didn't have nothing left <laughs> oh, <laughs> he man, mixed a bunch days. of like the can- leftover cannabis uh, girl I mean, no not <laughs> like, good, but when yeah. you know what you know now when you know what you know and then on top of that that was my first like real consumption experience so like the after effects was that of a that lot was just, well, but he he mixed his leftovers and then he's from Seattle so he gave oh, okay. me a knife hit and I, that was like the most this was like the most what <laughs> I don't even know what to call it I don't even know what to call this contraption he like cut off the top of a two liter bottle oh, had two oh, knives on top of the is. oh I don't even uh, know what it's called when I'm yeah about. yes and then he put two knives on top of the stove and then like burned <laughs> the weed on top of it and then here I am like inhaling it through the oh, top like of the this? two liter and I take <laughs> like a big first. inhale and take like a smooth exhale and he's looking at me like wow like you didn't cough no nothing and I'm like yeah I'm a G you know my lungs, <laughs> my lungs I can't believe this. and then wow. he's like oh well can't believe that's part that of- that was your first smoking experience wow <laughs> Yeah, like what's what's a what's a rolled <laughs> substance? No. <laughs> oh my goodness. But essentially I um he gave me another one after that because he's like, Oh, you look fine. Like that doesn't look like it affected you. And I didn't feel the effects immediately. So I took another knife hit and that was to me, that's what in, in my terms of mindful toking, I definitely overdosed at oh, that moment. Yeah. Like that first hit, if I had actually let it settle in for two minutes, I would have realized, oh, I'm good. Like mm-hmm. first time I'm good. But I went for the second one because I didn't immediately feel anything. And on my high scale, I would say that I was like at, a, at an mm-hmm. eight Everything around me started spinning. I couldn't walk. Oh I goodness. crawled into the living room. I laid on the floor contemplating oh, no. my existence. It was just, and that probably happened at like 9 or 10 p.m. that night. I didn't, I mm-hmm. didn't feel sober and not high until 4 oh, p.m. Goodness. That's day. when it's like uncomfortable and not fun. Oh, yes. And you still not were like, I was just freaking out. That. You still were like, oh, let me try it again. Okay. No, I absolutely. <laughs> No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like I didn't try it again until really when I was 
in the cannabis space like even afterwards when my friends would consume socially I was like no I'm good yeah I I don't want to be good either I'm fine I don't want to be trapped in Narnia. Like, you know, get to the space where you are consuming cannabis comfortably and consciously. I would say, um, really, when I started getting into the uh, the space here in New York, because then I was introduced to more Mm -hmm. people who knew more about the, the different types of strains that they were offering. And it was people who were just more so educated. Um, and I started to learn more myself and then realized, oh, well, mm-hmm. this is probably why. And just through my own experience at home afterwards, like when you work within the cannabis space, um, you get people who just, especially if you meet different types of growers or genet- geneticists, they get so excited and um, to share whatever their creations are with you. <laughs> And uh, so I was just being gifted all these different types of strains. And because I was being thoughtful about the way that I was Mm -hmm. utilizing in some sense, like I would take the time and actually like write down like, oh, this tastes like strawberry shortcake. Or um, I I like the way that this made me feel or I felt hella sleepy after this. I I didn't know that journaling your cannabis experience was an actual thing until I came across a green flower. Um, They had like this medication journal and but before that I was kind of just like journaling it in my regular Mm -hmm. journal that I use for morning pages um but yeah when I was as I became a part of this community I realized that a I have access to more options now versus like just getting it from an underground dealer and then on top of that that I started to become kind of (laughs) bougie in my cannabis consumption Um, And it was just because I had better access to better quality medicine and being at home and trying it out myself, I realized, oh, well, I don't need to take, I don't need to like consume as much. Or I started to realize the times where I was over consuming when I was being, when I was Mm -hmm. not being mindful and um, just analyzing through my own experience, how my own consumption methods were affecting me on any given day, whether I was happy, anxious, the sad, depressed, um, overjoyed, just wanting to relax. Yeah. Just wanting that to kick journaling back. thing is so helpful and, too. I, I think I did the same thing when I started consuming, cause then you get an idea of what works for you, how you're responding to different strains and mm-hmm. things like that. And just in general, for those that don't know, or just, you know, are new to the idea of cannabis and its relation to mental health, what are some of the medicinal uh, mental health benefits of cannabis? Sure, it definitely, okay, so in my own personal experience and even through mindful toking, I realized that cannabis really um, can help people, but there's, especially when it comes to mental health, but there's all these other factors that really makes it different per person. So like your gender, your personality traits, um, how much you consume cannabis as is, or if you don't really consume cannabis as much, meaning that you're an infrequent user, the high CBD or THC um, varieties, and then any type of history that you have with any anxiety or depressive or Mm -hmm. disorders or symptoms, these all play a part in how cannabis and these different strains affect you. But typically, um, it's supposed to be like an anxiolytic, meaning 
is a drug that reduces your anxiety or can improve um, your levels of stress or the way your feelings of well-being. And people tend to feel that after <laughs> taking a, mm -hmm. a puff or two, you feel a little bit more relaxed. Um, I, I say that people that cannabis makes people acutely sensitive and even more emotionally vulnerable sometimes. Like you may not be ready to talk about a traumatic yeah. experience, um, but take a few tokes and then you feel a bit more at ease and able to interact with your emotions or your traumas in a way that don't, it almost feel like there's a buffer between you and that trauma yeah. or that emotion that you're able to talk That's about. That's very it true. I read it somewhere, I don't know if it's 100% true or if you know, but there's a claim that uh, consuming weed opens your heart chakra and this is why it can make you emotional there are many times where I was like I smoked and then I cried and I didn't even know I needed to cry but <laughs> I did so I mm -hmm. definitely believe that it could right. happen to your emotional side as well we'll definitely get more into that because I want to talk about like the emotional and mindful toking of course um you created this concept mindful toking which I love can you explain and expand on like what that is mm -hmm. and what inspired this idea and how can we be mindful tokers yeah uh so mindful toking is an, an educational experience that was just born out of my curiosity at the time when I was a youth, a youth pastor um the time when I became a youth pastor was synonymous with the time that I got into the mm -hmm. cannabis industry and space. So uh, when they appointed me the, to be the youth pastor at my church, I sat with the leadership <laughs> and I was like, We're wait a minute. We're going to talk about that too. We're definitely going to talk about <laughs> Because that. they didn't really, yeah, they didn't ask me. They just told me <laughs> that I was going to be the youth pastor. And I was like, I didn't sign up for this. And they're just like, well. God called you to it and that's what's going to be sis and I was like okay well that's great and all but I need you okay. guys to understand what it is that I do outside of the space like the things that um that I'm interested in or like at the time even I was being featured in different mm -hmm. news articles and things like that and I was afraid that yeah. some of the parents would see that and then turn around to the church leadership and be like <laughs> she's leading our children to hell like um and I just wanted them to be very clear about mm -hmm. who I am and what I do with my spare time. And they, like, honestly, there was no, not any real reaction from them. They were oh, like, okay. Good. And for the most part, um, the other side of that is that my church is Caribbean. Oh. So we're a Caribbean spiritual Baptist for people who even understand um, that other side of it. But that it's not like utilizing herbs yeah, to not Caribbean lost people us. is that yeah, I'm boring. I know. I've been to a nation church. Like, they don't care. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. I mean, some people do. A lot of people are conservative, especially elderly Black people, whether they are Caribbean mm -hmm. or from the South, they are very conservative. Um, but they, like the, I guess the consensus was is that you've lived life and you are a lot more relatable to these generations years than we could ever be like you speak their language yeah. you understand their colloquial and for the most part like they're going to encounter the substance at some point in their life so it's best to yeah. have someone who's actually educated yeah. talking to them about it versus you know oh abstain from this don't do it and that's gonna yeah probably i love gonna that actually it's better to have <laughs> to someone at first who has experience with and has the knowledge than them just get the knowledge from 
just anybody else. And then, of course, I'm sure you introduce mm-hmm. them to the this mindful toking, like not just smoking weed to just get insanely high to act like be mindful of what you're smoking uh, for. Yeah, so my first introduction um, in introducing cannabis to my church was actually oh, wow. through topicals. Any given time you step into a black church, you're most likely going to see a lot more women than men. And they tend to be elderly women. And these elderly women tend to have lots of aches and pains, including arthritis. So um, I was like, all right, well, this is going to be kind of like my peace offering and entryway for them to understand more about what I do. I realized that speaking to people about cannabis, especially um, elderly mm. black people or just people within any type of like religious sect would be difficult when I'm speaking about like the theory of cannabis. Like it doesn't matter if I'm explaining how good it is for people who have different mm-hmm. types of mental disorders or um, for people who have ailments. What resonates with people is an experience. The same thing I was saying earlier, when you have an experience, then it changes the way that you think and feel about things. Mm-hmm. So um, I had just gone to Nevada like maybe a few months before or a month before And it was a fact-finding mission with New Jersey legislators who were seeking to get more information about like legalization in New Jersey. And this was like maybe two or three years Mm -hmm. ago. Um, And I went to the dispensary. I asked the bud tender there, like, what is a a topical that you've seen patients come back in here time and time again for? Like, what's your most popular one? And the the bud tender told me the story about this woman who came in and her experience and how that, um, how that like brought him to tears because of the ways that she was healing through utilizing the topical and just utilizing cannabis as a medicine. And I was like, yep, give me that one. And you know those like little, uh, those little sample containers from Sephora? Yeah, like, yeah. To put the little lipsticks in and stuff. So I had a bunch of those and I started to just kind of like scoop out the the topical and put them in those little sample sizes. Mm-hmm. I blessed them. I asked the leadership of the church to bless them. I prayed over them and I was like, all right, we're going to give these out after service. And afterwards, I just left it as kind of like an open form. Yeah. Like if you want... If, if you want to pick this up, then you can. And if you want to know inf- more, more information about what it is that you currently have in your hand, then feel free to ask me. But I didn't want to like feel like I was forcing cannabis or like evangelizing cannabis on them to death. The same way I feel about evangelizing on behalf of God <laughs> or Jesus. I don't believe that um, religion should be pushed down anyone's throat. It should all be an experience. And that personal experience fosters your relationship with the higher mm-hmm. being. And that should be what leads people down down the road to their own spiritual fulfillment, not anyone wagging their finger and telling you, you mm-hmm. must, or you're going to die, or you're going to go to hell. Like that, that doesn't work to me. Yeah. And it never worked on me. So <laughs> I definitely want to get more into this because I de- I'm a big believer that like your spiritual practices uh, are a big influence in your mental health as well. Um, just mm-hmm. from my own experiences, and I grew up very religious. Like I grew up in the church a lot, and not until I was older did it even click to me that cannabis was considered a sin. Like I didn't even think yeah. that it was because I'm like, it's a plant. God makes plants. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a plant. <laughs> what are your thoughts on? You, you know, some religious views of cannabis or the views on cannabis and religion together, because, you know, there are some people who say that 
they're like, you can't mix those two things together. You can't mix cannabis and spirituality. You can't mix cannabis and religion. There are some people who say, or, or will like read or give you facts that, oh, you see cannabis in this part of the Bible or in this part of history books. What are your views kind of on that? Do you think there's like an either or, or is it kind of just, there's no point. It's at the end of the day, it's a plant, you know? <laughs> Yeah, there are certain things that, like, so even the usage of cannabis within the Bible, um, there's, it's not explicitly stated anywhere. So for the most part, it's kind of like a reach for the sky. (laughs) Um, And that's, that's okay. But we have to really examine or be aware that there are people who have personal biases Mm -hmm. um, that are rooted in lies, essentially, around Mm -hmm. the plant. And there are some people who don't, and then they're going to, they're going to bring these personal biases to the church. And this is often what people of the LGBTQ plus community, or just people who feel marginalized or um, feeling like they can't go into the church. This is often their experience where people are bringing their own personal biases and thoughts and feelings around things and trying to then like, label that as like a, well god told me to feel this way or like this is the right way of doing it and you're a human being too so you have no jurisdiction over what's actually right or wrong um only god can be the judge mm-hmm. of that and when you're an adult you you definitely we can acknowledge within our own hearts and minds when we are doing something right and when we are doing mm-hmm. something wrong we're no longer children so um that's going to be relative to each individual. And I'm not going to make any states or claims. My own personal belief is that there isn't necessarily any good or bad drugs. There's just a set of chemicals and that's what exists. They're neither good Mm -hmm. or bad. Um, These chemicals exist in nature or they can be created by humans. And it's really the relationship that we as people have with these substances Mm -hmm. that is the issue. It's our individual biologies, our habits, our triggers, all these things affect our usage of whatever that that component or um, that crutch is. And that could be cannabis, that could be money, that can be food, that can be sex. We, we can either use it wi- mindfully or we can overuse yeah. it and abuse it. Very, very true. <laughs> I've always just thought like, um, like once again, like it's a plant, God made plants. So it's, it's something I've just never seen as something wrong, but I also never viewed it as, uh, I've never viewed consuming cannabis as doing something wrong so I guess it depends on everyone's perspective Mm -hmm. but I just was curious about your thoughts of course because you are so I barely barely get to rarely talk to someone who's at the intersection of both so I definitely wanted Mm -hmm. your opinion how can we be more like mindful and conscious about our cannabis consumption and then how can we tie that to our spiritual practices because I know for me I've been you know, religious, spiritual, and smoking cannabis for so many years now that I have a way that I do it, but say that no one's done it. Mm -hmm. What can they kind of like do or how can they start if they're like, they want to try, you know, mixing Bible study in cannabis or, you know, praying in Mm -hmm. cannabis? Yeah, that's going to be everyone's individual practice. So it's kind of similar to what I said earlier every and even what I've um, used to say to the children within my church or like when I would visit other churches and speak there everyone's relationship with God is their own individual experience Mm -hmm. 
Um, and even when I would speak to the kids or the young adults, I liked calling them young adults because I felt like everybody was kept trying to stun them and treat them mm-hmm. like they were like two year old. Like, no, um, yeah, I'm like, they're young adults, like treat them as such. But um, my conversation with them was always, you're often, a lot of you are often being brought here, not even of your own volition. Like you're being dragged here by your parents or your grandparents and you got to sit through this three long, three hour long service where everybody's like screaming and mm-hmm. and hollering. You don't need to, your experience with God and your relationship with God doesn't need to look like yeah. this. Yours is like, you you utilize your own colloquial, like your own vocabulary, your own way of speaking and relating. And that's what God wants from you, your own authentic experience or um, whatever higher being um, or spiritual practice you choose to have. It's all about your own personal experience through that. And what we can do is just be more aware of our methods through it. So I believe in um, microdosing your cannabis yeah. and um Essentially, microdosing is the act of taking very small doses of any psychedelic mm-hmm. of choice on a semi-regular basis. You measure and then you can schedule um, your usage through being mindful about your consumption experience. So uh, you prepare your mind and your body, you clean your space, or you make sure that you're in an area where you're not going to be bothered. Whatever it is that works for you um, as far as like setting, making sure that the space around you is conducive to the vibes you want to create. Um, some people like um, the act of of like breaking down and rolling their their oh herbs gosh, like that's so therapeutic relaxing. for them that's too. Like my favorite thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like just even doing that. It kind of I think that that can also be kind of like um, intertwined with the what I would say the next step is, which is setting an intention. Mm-hmm. Like as you're breaking it down, your herbs and you're starting the process of rolling, think about what your intentions are and like put that energy into your hands. Like imagine it flowing through I your hands. I do that with my bong. I think that people. Bong hits. I'll be like, okay, what am Ooh. I trying to inhale? What am I trying to exhale? What am I trying to receive? What mm-hmm. am I trying to let go when I'm taking bong hits? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think that that's perfect because um, people forget that cannabis is a plant and it it holds on to energy. Mm-hmm. So before it even got to you, it was being held by, transported by all these different people who have their different energies, their own things mm-hmm. going on. And I think that just even, even just like a, a mini thought of like, oh, I'm just doing this to relax right now, or I've had a rough day and I just want to like chill out and binge watch this show or um, this is a, a, a strain that acts like coffee for me, my intentions here to just like be energized and get through the next two hours of needing to finish this work, whatever it is, setting the intention um, kind of changes the energy even around the plant that you're about to consume. And I think aids in the journey that your cannabis takes you on. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that when there are times where I don't uh, kind of like set my own intentions before or even if I was just consuming off of like in a in a cipher mm-hmm. or something I'm often affected by the energies of the other people yeah. around me so I would find myself being like feeling extra sad out of nowhere and that's where I had to be, become more aware of like that doesn't even belong yeah. to me that was Listen, when you're else's. an empath you got to be careful who you smoke with <laughs> yeah Absolutely. But a lot of these things you learn through consuming on your own. So being in your own space and consuming, 
um, I, within mindful talking, I practice or, and preach the practice of taking a puff or two and then putting it out. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but usually that part brings a lot of people anxiety. I've noticed, uh, just putting the J out. It's almost as though people feel like it's going to run away. Like the J is going to get no, lost. Be like there. Somebody's <laughs> going to steal it. <laughs> it's still going to be there. And it's not... I don't, I don't, I don't know necessarily. I'm still analyzing further where maybe that, culture um, that thing. little puff maybe it's a culture is. thing. Cause like just in Absolutely. our culture and community, it's like, you gotta one, like finish everything. Like if you start something, you have to finish it in that very moment for anything, regardless of smoking, but also just like, and that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's probably a culture <laughs> thing. I think, I feel like it's that most likely. Because like at the thing about it is that when you don't, or I'm I'm asking people to do that. So when you put it out, you let the cannabis or just let the medicine and the herbs have a moment mm-hmm. to settle in. And when you do that, then you're able to make a more mindful choice about your consumption. Do I need more or am I good yeah. here? And that's microdosing it. You're now you're. I think. Let me even rewind for a moment. Cannabis is a luxury commodity. Like it's expensive <laughs> depending on what types of strains and all these other things that you're trying to to get or incorporate into your medicinal practices. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be mindful about your con- um, your consumption process, this is like a form of cannabis assisted mental health therapy. And for a lot of people who are utilizing cannabis as this form of mental health treatment without any type of like formal counselor, mental health counselor or therapist there, a lot of these people are financially Mm -hmm. challenged. And in order to um, be more economically and financially responsible, especially people with low income, it would behoove us to be more conscious about our our cannabis consumption. Because as you're microdosing it, you're consuming less and you consuming less saves you more money. (laughs) And that makes you that makes you less stressed. And you're most likely stressed because you don't have a lot of money. So you're consuming (laughs) cannabis to help with that and all of your other problems. And it's just like this wheel. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But like the whole basis of mindful talking is essentially how can we foster making more conscious choices about how we want to be, how we want to feel, and how we want to navigate life's challenges um, while utilizing cannabis as a vehicle to get there? And it's like it's a conscious lens for exploring the use and effects of psycho- of psychedelics on our on our emotional and intellectual mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, is all about encouraging a shift in our mindset towards holistic growth and wholeness. And all that comes down to is just our consumption methods. It's less about this whole shi and chong, blow up a, like, light a J that's the size of your <laughs> arm. Like, you don't even need yeah, to consume necessary. that much. <laughs> and then on top of that, like, I remember reading this study um, from the, uh, it, it was, a study that was analyzing the THC content of marijuana that was confiscated by the DEA, uh, I think from like 1994 to the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And in that decade or in those two decades or, or within that like decade of time, they realized that the uh, THC content just kept getting higher and the CBD content in those uh, 
confiscated cannabis samples kept getting lower. Oh, yeah. So now we have like what 97% THC in a in any given yeah, strain these that. days and that's not actually useful for so many people who are utilizing this as a form of mental health mm-hmm. treatment and it doesn't make any sense either which is why I, earlier I applauded you like yeah, mixing I was like that's CBD. why I mix. <laughs> Sometimes I don't need yeah, and that, that pays you money. Full, yeah, like sometimes I don't need that full, full high, and that's not necessarily what I'm smoking for in the morning most of the time. So either way, I try to mm-hmm. get CBD as part of my day, like right in the beginning of my day for my own mental health. But having yeah. the mix just gives me such a good balance because you don't need to be super stoned like at noon. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. Unless you're yeah. like on vacation. I, and, but the like, thing about it, you're like on vacation or like. Yeah, for twenty there's a time or and a like place for something it. special's happening. But I think for for consumers, we do kind of get con- not confused. We do kind of get caught up in the idea that being being healthy is being really high, and that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I think that um, the overconsumption of cannabis or like getting too high can also perpetuate your pain, and then you become helpless and disabled by it. Yeah, it can make it worse. I've definitely been, I recognize when I've overconsumed and recognize that it doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, and then now you know for next time. Help. Yeah, I'm like now that I'm older and wiser and I've had those moments in my life where I was like, all right, I don't want to feel anything. I'm going to smoke a bunch of weed. Mm-hmm. And the weed just made me sob. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It Like it can take you, especially if you're not necessarily setting an intention before that right so then now you're already energetically on a certain vibration when you started consuming and now it's just like the cannabis is only going to enhance that vibration yeah it's only going to enhance it same for any drug I think lots of people don't realize that like even if you're someone who like microdoses of mushrooms mm-hmm. or LSD if you are in are if you're already in a headspace of like being fearful or being kind of overwhelmed and anxious it can make it worse yep. and if you don't open yourself to the intention of like, I've never, I have yet to try mushrooms. It's been on my to-do list for a very long time, but I don't want to do it until I'm in the, men- if I'm not in the right mental headspace mm-hmm. that day. Also, and I've make sure you eat something. Many times. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I've canceled so many times on people because just that day, my anxiety was just a little bit too high. So it's like, I don't want to go into this and try to use this as a way to mask my anxiety Mm -hmm. I want to go into it and be able to break through whatever I'm feeling yeah and I I applaud you on your awareness of self even in that just trust that whenever the experience is about to be right for you that's exactly when it's going to happen and you might be around a different group of people than you even expected to be or you might be by yourself but whenever that experience happens it's happening exactly the way that it was supposed to even my Mm -hmm. first cannabis experience I don't necessarily like the way that played out but then (laughs) when I think about it in hindsight um, I remember speaking to that person like years later and I was like I work in the cannabis industry now and they couldn't believe it they were like they were probably blown away yeah they were like yo I'm seeing you trip out like that like I didn't think that you would ever even want to touch this plant ever again I was like neither did I but then I learned more about my own relationship with with and to the plant and what's the right consumption methods for me and I had to figure that out through my own like through consuming by myself a lot of the time in my own energy in my own space trying different strains and then realizing okay well then this is a way for me to be more conscious about the way that I'm consuming even when I was Mm -hmm. um, in public I always had pre-covid I always had those 
it was kind of like a necklace um that had like a joint holder on the bottom of it oh, i know what you're talking about those are cute i need one now that we have covid because yeah <laughs> i was always using that and then i remember people just looking at me like oh that's a neat contraption i was like well i don't know y'all <laughs> like i don't know you and i'm not about to like yes this is a very communal thing but um i'm I'm not about that life and yeah. I don't want it's that my, smoke. my energy is on it okay not yours yeah but even like going back to um like the overconsumption of cannabis perpetuating people's pain like I realize that some people can be completely functional and then some people are not like there are times when I have been or have been hosting a mindful token session and then seeing people being dragged through their own personal neuroses like where mm-hmm. their inner fears and weaknesses just come creeping on out mm-hmm. Um, even, even if we've already set an intention, but you can set an intention, but whatever your vibrational energy is on, like, that's the, that's the way that you fit yeah, a ride. Happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that, I feel like that, like utilizing cannabis as a form to reveal versus concealing whatever your problems are, like you were saying, like, sometimes you'll just con- keep consuming to kind of, like, bury whatever that thought and feeling mm-hmm. is. And no, I recognize when I'm over-consuming and I'm like, this is not helping. <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah, you're grown enough and inside that, that inner voice, your inner self is like, yeah, this is not it. Like, we're just making it worse right now. Um, and I feel like that those feelings can mean that the cannabis is showing you all, all these parts of yourself that you don't necessarily want to deal with in that moment. And it's an opportunity if done in a more conscious and mindful way to create positive change, which is why I'm a huge advocate for um, cannabis assisted mental health therapy, people being able to consume with a therapist there, like, and also talk about their problems. Like now we're opening you want to know how many like sessions people be sitting in and not opening up to someone until like the third fourth session like you could probably speed that up real quick if you just introduced some cannabis into the rotation um and that's my own personal belief in it I think that it's it's definitely something that should be explored a lot more in in a controlled environment but uh Sometimes you can calm down and sober up knowing that some of your fears were ridiculous. And sometimes you can come out knowing, um, meaning that like after your consumption experience that I need to work on this or why Mm -hmm. am I not doing this or I need to do this more or I'm, I'm playing myself and I need to, you know, change all these different things about myself. Or you might recognize whatever childhood traumas um, that have been affecting you. I think our greatest assets are our mind and within them we fight these unrelenting invisible wars and cannabis can help um, if we're utilizing it a lot more responsibly. That's very true. If you don't mind or comfortable with it, can you give us like a short explanation or an example of a time that cannabis really helped you with a mental breakthrough or an emotional breakthrough? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I was talking to you about this before as well. So um, most of us as women, and I feel like a large part of the the cannabis core community are women, shout out to us. Um, (laughs) We experience premenstrual syndrome, PMS, but then there's another side to premenstrual syndrome called premenstrual dysphoric disorder, PMDD, which 
makes women a lot more cognitively affected um, with higher levels of anxiety or irritability, anger, or like an even more fluctuating depressed mood. And that this tends to happen like right before um, one's menstruation period cycle. And then like, as soon as you start bleeding or like right as it's, it's all wrapping up, you feel intensely better like I actually don't yeah. know why I was tripping that hard <laughs> you're like um, oh <laughs> yeah so uh, there was a time um, where I had fibroids and after changing my diet and everything um, I definitely experienced a decrease in in the fibroids and especially as a black woman that's, that's something that so many of us deal with but it was leading to uh, the, pre- the premenstrual dysphoric disorder for me and I would just like experience these really extreme depressed moods like right before my period it would be like a, a very cyclical thing and really anything that we are dealing with on a mental health basis is always cyclical we're repeating childhood traumas um, throughout our adult lives until we and we're really just repeating it because we want to see a different outcome (laughs) like that's us as humans we just Mm -hmm. we're hoping that there's going to be something different this time um but I would notice the same cycle every single month like right before my period I would feel harsher on myself I already acknowledge Mm -hmm. that my Virgo rising has me on perfectionist level thousand and (laughs) I would just be extra critical of myself and I would find myself speaking down to myself Mm -hmm. even more um experiencing imposter syndrome uh like it it was it was always revolving around my performance because that's something that's important to me putting out my best work and I would feel like anxiety and all these emotions surrounding that and like honing in on it and then I went to my therapist and I'm talking to her and she's just like oh that sounds like PMDD I'm like there's a name for this like sis what um and by my therapist knew about my my cannabis consumption um she didn't necessarily have an opinion either way other than like of course as a professional she has to be like oh well I don't necessarily recommend any of that Mm -hmm. but um as a black woman I think that she understood on some level and so she didn't necessarily make a whole thing about it which is a whole other thing as to like what inspired me to want to become a mental health professional and and speak about these things and hold space for people and clients who do want to consume. Um, but all when I started to incorporate cannabis more mindfully during that experience, and even more so, uh, I realized that I would crave cannabis even more right mm-hmm. during my week before. I would just be like, mm-hmm. I need to, I need to smoke <laughs> or I'm a dick somebody in the face. Like that's it. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's I. I I started to then like even refill my like my medicine, <laughs> like knowing that my cycle was coming. But it was really through that experience um, or those experiences, those monthly menstrual experiences, where I realized even further the times where I can overconsume because mm-hmm. I would. Th- I think there was like maybe a, a period for three months straight um, where I just like. I started consuming the week before my cycle started and then it just continued. I just kept consuming heavily. And I understood after some time when self is with self, you're running away from something. You're trying not to deal with something. So you're trying to like consume your way through it right now. And that's not necessarily Mm -hmm. helping you because it's not like I'm consuming and then leaving myself open to digging into the thoughts and feelings more like as I'm journaling before bedtime. 
or even like doing my morning pages, I'm just consuming to not have to deal with anything. And then I'm like binge watching all my Chinese dramas and a whole bunch of anime. <laughs> so like, you're really not trying to heal right now, sis. Um, and that's when I realized like, there, this is the flip side to it that nobody else is talking about. We're all mm. watching each other being in pain and over consuming. And it's okay because we're all, nobody's dying from it. But yeah, we, we're spiritually dying. Like we're, we're internally like, dying. All like just feeling the same heaviness, but not like realizing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all we're all being hurt in some way. We're all perpetuating our own pain um, versus utilizing it as an op- an opportunity to heal. And sometimes that can be difficult when you're alone, which is why like groups like. Um, Highlights yeah, BK get, like, or mindful you know, token. People around you get a uh, get in those networking groups. Get in, yeah. You know those virtual events because even if like I mean of course it's still COVID, which sucks. But <laughs> we have figured out ways that you can still like be alone but not feel like you're alone. And especially mm-hmm. like in the women in cannabis community, like you can. DM and email anybody and somebody will like be there for you yeah or there's sessions and like I said there's Danielle from Highlights BK um even like mindful talking sessions but people are hosting kind of like these smoke sessions on IG Mm -hmm, um, sessions yeah and that's like a space for you to be able to talk about your thoughts and feelings or like I said um mindful talking is more so revolving around like mental health Uh, more strongly and then cannabis usage and so for me it's even more important to analyze the different types of strains that people are utilizing and that's so varied across different experiences because we all know that a blue dream sold in one state or in one particular area or from one grower even can be vastly different in its um in its uh molecular components to uh, the same strain grow from grown at a different grower site and that all affects a person differently in addition to all the things I mentioned before, like their gender and their body chemistry and uh, their context of use, their in, their environment, um, yeah. any history with any disorder or symptoms, their personality traits, their, gen- their genetic vulnerabilities, yeah. like all these things affect people. Um, Everyone's and- experience with cannabis is going to be totally different. I always say everyone... No one has the same endocannabinoid system. We all have very different endocannabinoid systems. So we're all going to process and experience it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm just hoping that people, um, like the, the, my one takeaway is just when you take a few puffs, take one or two and then just put it out. That's it. Or if you're using like a mm-hmm. little bowl, take like one or two hits of it and then just put it out. And then let it like put a timer on for a minute to two minutes. I know yeah. it seems like a lot of people are just, they just <laughs> want to relax. They just want to get high. The people don't want to have to journal. They don't want to have to think. Like that's the yeah. whole point for a lot of people is to relax and not have to think and do all these other things. But I promise you that just taking that moment, you realize how high you are. I created this high scale and a comfortable area is a three to four where you feel the buzz. It's like the awareness of self. Like you're aware of the fact that you're high. You feel the cognitive shift in your own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you can feel it kind of like 
go through your body a little bit more. And it feels different to everyone, but there's definitely that moment where you realize in your own mind, like, oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you're looking for that moment after you take your first two, your first two to three hits. Um, Wait for that moment. And then like, just just think to yourself, like, oh, am I good here or do I need another yeah, one? Yeah, do I need more? What am I smoking for? You kind of already answered my last question. If you want to, like, just expand on it, I was going to just kind of ask you again, what advice would you have for anyone who's been consuming cannabis for years or might be new to consuming cannabis and want to, you know, uh, do mindful toking and microdose and implement more CBD and implement more tools to help them consciously mm-hmm. consume? Um, you know, what else what other tips would you give them to kind of do that? Yeah, uh, what I mentioned before, it's all about experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't have access to quality tested cannabis. That's just the unfortunate reality of it because of yeah. the political landscape. Um, but if you can, like, try to and <laughs> ask your dealer questions even, and Listen, you'll realize after some time. questions. <laughs> Even back in the day, I'd be like, what is this? You don't know. I'll come. I'll wait until you find out. <laughs> yeah, but then they, like, a lot of the times, it depends on the, it depends on the person and how much they even care, um, which is a whole other side note to hashtag buy weed from women because we tend to be a yeah. lot more caring and uh, thoughtful about these things. Um, cute little baggies, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like it has a little bow on it. You're like, oh, this is cute. Um, I love my female plugs all the time. They put made stuff so cute. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's a certain level of care that goes into it as, versus like this male energy around the plant, which is um, highly unemotional for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, and it is more based on re- uh, concealing than it is on revealing or utilizing it as a healing property. Like this is sour, but what type of sour? There's different types. And That's all a great those can affect you differently. Just like being mindful about who you're buying from or where you're buying from. Like mm-hmm. if you're in a legal state, like, you know, not every dispensary is actually selling what they say they're selling or they don't actually have like fresh flour like they say they do. Like find yep. dispensaries that you trust. If you go to one dispensary a lot, find the bud tender that you trust, build a relationship mm-hmm. with them so they get an idea of what you need. And then the more you shop, the more they know what you need. They know what's going on in your life. So that's mm-hmm. another like really easy way to to implement just another mindful token tip. Yes, uh, definitely. And, um, and a tip that I have that's outside of cannabis consumption is to just find a mental health counselor or a therapist yeah, that can relate to you. Black um, people go to therapy too. All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, the the thing about it is like diversity and inclusion are now all a class that people can take to be quote unquote woke, but it's difficult for many white people to understand the particular experiences of a black person. Um, and on top of that, there's like a lack of access to healthcare for people to get diagnosed correctly, and then even like to be able to uh, find and afford a therapist who can relate to them. Mm -hmm. And on top of like the black community having a stigma against mental health, but this very stigma that no one wants to talk about, everyone's consuming about for the most part, like everyone's treating in um, some other unhealthy ass form. Therapy, yeah. Um, And so if we're going to be, and if we're going to continue utilizing cannabis as our own form of mental health treatment, the best thing that we can do is just 
look at who we are, like who we're buying from, um, being more inquisitive about the types of strains that we're using, taking some type of note, even if journaling seems too much and too cumbersome for you, just take a note of, of what that strain was. Because if you had a great experience from it, five minutes, you know, like just take a sit, take a breath. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, difficult for some people like I said I I acknowledge that for a lot of people who are consuming it's like I need immediate relief now mm-hmm. like my heart hurts my brain hurts my like my thoughts are overwhelming me um the the negative thoughts in my mind are just on replay it's screaming louder my environment is one that brings me anxiety there's always police officers mm-hmm. around yeah. um, I live in a crowded ass project building like there's all these other environmental and personal factors that play into people just wanting to seek immediate relief. And in those moments, it's still, that's, that's where the practice of, or having or implementing some type of cannabis practice for yourself is crucial. Do you like breaking it down, like breaking it down with your fingers versus putting it in a grinder and like going through the process of like, some people still like using tobacco pronto leaves, like whatever that process is for you, just being more intentional and utilizing that moment to set your intentions, set a, set a mood, put, put your favorite calming song on, yeah, like put some candles, make it a whole ritual. Put some incense. Yeah. And it yeah. all sounds so bougie and all these other things, but it really it is it helpful to your, yeah, it, it it's so helpful to your consumption experience, even the energy of the people who are around you when you're consuming. Obviously, in guys in these ciphers and um, <laughs> and some of them, I I realize that in those moments they actually want to be emotional and vulnerable. I hope that some mm-hmm. male is listening to right now that's like resonating with what I'm saying. But I've seen men like who are in their friendship circles who start consuming and they're all passing it and everything, and then everybody's as you were saying like the heart chakras start opening people are you know they want to actually talk about something and they're like yo my baby mom's ah 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 blah 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 blah." and then the next guy's just like yo that's crazy like that's not even the response that that person is seeking in that moment they actually want to dive into whatever it is more but nobody wants to deal with their problems in that moment they're all consuming to run away from agree with that I've definitely now that I think of I've definitely had some like heart to heart with male friends but it was when we were smoking yeah because they were like able to let themselves just open up their their Mm -hmm. mind was relaxed they didn't have like their ego I guess I really feel like weed breaks down your ego sometimes yeah it's it's an ego relaxer um and it that that can help and I just realized that especially with black males um and a a huge part of it is once again like the our societal conversation around mental health therapy um how society treats men how society treats black men how black men were raised in Mm -hmm. regards to their emotions and feelings and this is like that one time that they get to actually have that space for themselves, um, which is why I'm advocating for more mindful tokens, but sessions and circles for people, um, especially for like men who are um, who are interested in mental health therapy and want to become therapists, especially black men to be within this space and to hold space in like a mindful token session, because I acknowledge that as a black woman, there are certain things that I can't relate to 
or um, necessarily help another black man deal with and only another man can do that. So if there, I'm like, imagine if there was that one homeboy in the, in the oh, set man. who was like, yo, let's actually talk about that. Let's talk about and, our feelings, guys. And you would expect, and talk about yes. Our you would see you would see how many of them are willing to jump into a situation or, or a conversation um and are are going to respond with with a quickness to that like oh i experienced that too or like mm-hmm. yeah man i felt the same thing like it's just a it's a, a space that people can utilize a lot more effectively and we're not and that's my my core problem with it um, well, you're doing the work culture. to, you know, start getting there. I know you have an event um, coming up that involves mindful talking. If you want to talk more about that, yes, I'm excited about this. Um, so next weekend on the 22nd, I believe, um, yeah. Sunday the 22nd, Danielle from Highlights BK and I, Shalif uh, from Mindful Talking, we're holding an event and we're calling it, it was really a meditation circle and we're calling it Accessories for Conscious Healing. Uh, Ooh, the I like takeaway, thank you. Uh, the, the whole takeaway is wanting people to have accessories for their conscious healing. So whether that's cannabis, whether that's taking a breath, whether that's uh, doing a few yoga poses, whatever um, tools that we can equip people with that helps them along their journey. So when you find yourself in a predicament where you're super stressed out and you need to consume or you're experiencing anxiety or you're going through some depressive or traumatic episodes, what are some accessories, um, and not necessarily smoking accessories, but what are some tools that you Mm -hmm. can utilize to help you get through those moments? And uh, for example, I have these little cards that I keep in my wallet and, I have about five of them and they're for different emotions I experience. So one of them can wow. say like, when I feel angry um, and then here are five things that I can do. I can take a walk. I can, I have a certain playlist on Spotify. I can play that. I can call this specific friend because I know that they will hold space for me as long as I ask them for consent first. Cause mm-hmm. I, <laughs> Oh, please. When you are calling your friends to talk about your problems, <laughs> ask them first. Like, do you have time yes, to, for how, my emotional unburdening? <laughs> ask them first. How are you feeling? And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, not even just asking them how you're feeling first. Like that's definitely um, just human decency or just being a decent person. But um, asking like, do you have time to like hold emotional space for me right now? This energy as well. Yeah, because they might not be able to and you got to be okay if they say no and just understand that they are going through, like I said, everyone is fighting these invisible uh, battles in their mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, these like unrelenting invisible wars that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So as many tools as you can um, learn to help yourself, including vocabulary, like many people don't even have the vocabulary to express what their emotions are of outside of just anger, sadness, like you can feel melancholy, you can mm-hmm. feel ambivalent. Like there's these other uh, words to express your your emotional state of being. And that all comes down to spending more time with yourself. Oh my goodness. It's like, I want to to say these things in a more innovative way or something that doesn't sound like it's already been said, but the, it, oftentimes 
solutions are simple and it's the simple mm-hmm. solutions that people are like, nah, there has we to be overlook. more to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, actually, if you just do these few things, you, you'd be uh, surprised about the way that mindfulness changes how you relate to your own feelings and then how you were relating to the world around you. And you can like easily just sidestep BS because you're, you're looking at people from a place of compassion, almost like, yo, if I'm feeling this way and I needed to smoke about this, like, and you're coming at me sideways, I don't even know what you're going through, but like, (laughs) that has nothing to do with me and I'm too high to care. (laughs) Like just sidestep that. Um, Yeah. And all these things I think contribute to people's spiritual well-being when, when done more consciously. And like I said, we're all adults. We know when we're when we're BSing ourselves, when we're doing mm-hmm. something that we're not supposed to. Um, and each person, how they want to incorporate cannabis into their own spiritual well-being will depend on their own spiritual practices. Um, do you want to meditate first and then smoke? Or do you want to smoke first and then meditate? Do you only want to use a temperature? Do you want to put it in your tea? Do you like it? Depending on your preferred method of consumption, depending on your spiritual practices, all of the, as long as we're being mindful and setting intentions around what it is that we are doing, I think that can illuminate higher levels and states of consciousness and can make that mindful awareness leads to cognitive restructuring in our brains and allows the endocannabinoid system and the synapses within our brain to connect better that promotes these these dopamine and higher feel, like levels of feeling and being that allow us to feel more relaxed and and calm and different from whatever the state is that we may have came into our consumption experience with. I think you explained it beautifully. Like you said, even though it's been said a million times, there's there's still so many ways that people don't know that they can consume consciously. And the fact that you're here explaining it to it, explaining it to us, I really appreciate. So thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me. Um, I really hope that this was helpful for people. I feel like there's so many things I didn't articulate in a way that I would have wanted to. No, it's uh, okay. <laughs> but, but really, like, your greatest asset is your mind. Um, and you have to protect it. And cannabis can be useful for that. Or you can just be hindering your own mental and emotional and spiritual growth. And that's on you. Um, but there are people out here who care enough to want to hold space for you um, as I'm not going to shame you for your cannabis usage um, and who's going to encourage it, but in a more responsible manner. And it's up to you to realize what ways that you're not being responsible with your own cannabis usage. Like I said, we all are completely aware when when we are doing it. And it's just a practice Mm -hmm. like, and if if you sucked at it today, and you found yourself over-consuming to the point that you took a four-hour nap, <laughs> and you woke back up, and you're like, damn, I just missed half my day. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow's a new day. Like, That's every day, fine. you can set what your personal best is. And just because yesterday your personal best was being able to just get up and take a shower that's okay today your personal best may be taking a shower and getting something to eat and maybe doing a little bit of, of work or whatever it is um but I, b- I believe in us as individuals. I believe in, I believe in black people. I believe in people of color. Um, and I-, I love us. That's all. <laughs> Me too. I'm here for everybody black. <laughs> well, thank you so much.
Karen. Um, do you have anything else you want to plug or share or promo and want to give us your Instagram? Of course, I'll put this all on the Instagram, on my Instagram as well, um, in my stories, in my feed, so you can find Shalise. <laughs> She's already on my page on the Synergy Slash Post, yeah, if you want to find I her again. My, you can go to Mindful Token. That's on Instagram. I haven't really posted anything much on there. I more so have been holding space, like physical space for Mindful Token. And my way of doing it is like guerrilla marketing. Mm-hmm. I like get posters and I paste them all over New York City train stations and all this other stuff yeah so then I just get the DMs and people like who are interested in the conversation um but you can follow me on mindful toking you can follow sister rogers s-i-s-t-a-h-r-o-g-e-r-s um I have a new youtube channel that I just released where I'm talking about all of these different things I just watched your video thank you so good I like took notes and everything thank you so much yeah I have more videos in the queue um and a lot of them are like my own personal experiences in cannabis I think that like every time oh oh my gosh do we have a side moment for this there have been times we we spoke about this before but I just feel like the representation of women in cannabis especially black women in cannabis is so limited um and I don't always believe that everybody needs to be taken off their clothes when it comes to cannabis like sure you can promote whatever you're yeah yeah I was like you know (laughs) however you're whatever body positivity you want to practice this like do you I'm cool with that but like not all of us want to be smoking blunts on YouTube like that's just not my lane um but I do want people to have an insight into what it is like being a black woman who's navigating the cannabis industry what it looks like when I'm visiting these different states Mm -hmm. um what it's like when I'm interacting with these different policymakers and speaking to different uh, people who are even like candidates for certain elections and things like that. And me talking to them about cannabis and even just like seeing my behind the scenes of what it's like to be a part of the cannabis community. And on top of that, like I like speaking about social, political and metaphysical realness. I like all these deep seated thoughtful conversations, diving into our own neuroses, speaking about human design and anime and Chinese drama and cannabis and financial literacy and love languages oh and fatal charts. Like those are all these things that um, are explored <laughs> on this YouTube channel. It's just mm-hmm. me living life. I can't wait. I'm so excited because that first video was so informative and that's what we definitely need. And like you said, we kind of had a discussion that like there's just a lack of Mm -hmm. educational content from women of color there are women of color in cannabis who are online who are giving us some educational content but there's far more who are like smoking big blunts and doing like yeah and like i like (laughs) i like some of them too i like watching like the content it's cute like i think you look good yeah and you should make your money but i would like to of course see and as we are seeing coming from you mm-hmm. coming from myself more educational yeah content. Tiana and I were just saying that the other day like where are the other like aunties that like we can't be the only like millennial yeah who are, like, hella fly come from corporate I, and who are out here y'all are the only aunties I've seen in weed but that's just me I don't know calling all aunties <laughs> the aunties that smoke weed I know you're out right. there some of y'all are my aunties um come out here in the cannabis community and be a part of it of course if you want to but yeah those are um those are the main ways people can find me and that's basically what I have going on anything else that is coming up with me will all of course be like either on the YouTube channel or on my personal page um 
as well as pictures of my cats. This will all be in the podcast description as well, you guys. So you can check the description. You can check my page. Uh, you can check the hashtag wine, weed, and weave, and you can find all in, all her information as well as past episodes and then um, information about our sponsors mm-hmm. and everything. Thank you so much again, Shalise, for being on for a second time. I feel like you're be on a third <laughs> yes, for some thank reason. you, Marijuana Yana. <laughs> I don't doubt it that you'll be that you'll be on here again. Uh, I love having you on and having these conversations with thank you, you and your insight is just so amazing. And the fact that you just are part of all these different parts of the industry is really, really interesting. I probably will have like more random side questions for you that just yeah. I don't know personally. Cause the work you're doing is just so it's at least rare to me. I've barely heard of it and you're creating a space of your own. And that's what I love to see. And that's why I created the show to highlight the black women in weed who are just saying, you know, damn it, I'm yeah. going to make my own table. I'm going to, I'm exactly. going to the thing that I want to see. And we're going to have Create the that here, of course. Um, thank you guys you for see. listening. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening again. Um, once again, you can find everything on my Instagram at the marijuana Ayana. And then Shalise's Instagram is Sister Rogers, S I S T A H, not Sister. Well, the black way. Okay. And exactly. <laughs> trying to think of how anything else that I'm forgetting. I think that's all. Well, yeah. Thank you so yes. much, Shalise. Have talk a to you later. beautiful rest of your day. So the special announcement this week is that I am hosting a giveaway to celebrate season two. We're halfway through season two. It's been a really great season so far, and I really appreciate everyone who's been listening and supporting and who has been on the show and has been sponsoring the show. So I wanted to do something special to show you guys how much I appreciate it. So this giveaway will be the Black Girl Magic Black Friday giveaway, and it'll include products from my own brand, Kush and Cute, as well as from Morphia Herbals and Melanin hemp goddess you can find how to enter the giveaway and how to win on my instagram at the marijuana ayana and the giveaway will be live on monday november 23rd and will end on cyber monday so go ahead follow me on instagram go check out that giveaway go learn how to win there'll be two winners of some really great prizes from some really dope black owned cannabis brands